Hi guys, it's Amy here and you are listening to the Worship Singers podcast, episode two. And I thought I'd start by teaching you something that I teach all of my students um, when they start vocal training with me. It is, I said I'd do some more podcast episodes on teaching you vocal technique, some thoughts around how to use your voice as an instrument and what to do to get the best out of it, so that as you worship and lead worship, you can sing confidently um, and freely without tension with healthy vocal technique. And so the first thing that I always, always do is start off with the three stages or three components of singing. It is sort of foundational knowledge, I suppose, when you come to approach your voice and learning how to use your voice efficiently and have healthy vocal technique. So these three stages and just understanding this concept I have found over my years of singing myself and teaching singing with many different styles of of singer, um, this has been really foundational and really, really key um, because all of our vocal issues fall into one of these categories. So three stages of singing. I'm going to briefly explain what they are and then we'll go to look at each stage in a little bit more detail. So if we split our instrument up, um, our singing instrument up into these three different components, the idea is that we want to find balance in each one of those components and I will talk a bit more about that. But just briefly what these are, the first one is the breath. That's where it starts, there is no sound without breath. So that's your first stage. And the breath you might think of as being up in the top of the chest, you know, the top of where the lungs are. But that breath, actually, I want you to visualize it much, much lower in the tummy and the abdomen, um, and even as low as the pelvic floor, imagine it down into your pelvis. I'm sure I'll probably do another episode on the breath in a bit more detail. But for now, that's your first stage of singing is the breath. That's where it starts. And then the sound is created. So it's all very well just taking a breath, but no sound is made until that breath comes up through the vocal cords or vocal folds. You may hear me call them cords or folds. Both of those words can sort of be used interchangeably. It just depends on the vocal coach as to whether they want to use vocal cords or vocal folds. Um, I seem to switch it up and use whichever one I fancy at the time, just to confuse you, keep you on your toes. So <laughs> the breath, breath is stage number one that comes up through the vocal cords, which vibrate and create sound waves. So that's the second stage. That's the source of the sound. That's where the actual sound wave itself is created. But then there's a third stage. And this is the stage that I find to be the least known, the least understood, and the least used and utilised by singers um, to change their sound. And this third stage is the vocal tract. That's our sciencey word for it, if you like, the vocal tract. Um, but what that what that basically is referring to is your resonator tube. It's where the sound waves are created in the vocal cords. And then those sound waves ping about in the space, in your throat, in your mouth, your nasal cavities. That's where it, it, the sound waves resonate before they come out into the outside wor- world and into the listener's ear. And this resonator tube, we can change. It's really highly adaptable. So we change the sound with the resonator tube. So briefly, 
Those are the three stages of singing. Firstly, the power, which is the breath. Secondly, the source of the sound, which is the vocal cords. And then that third stage, really important, which is the shape or colour of the sound, which is the vocal tract. So let's just have a look at those in a bit more detail. The breath, so stage number one. This is the engine of our sound, I like to call it. There's no, you can't start the car without the engine. You can't sing anything without the breath. The breath is where it all begins. And singing is actually all about breath because singing is controlled and sustained exhalation. So without the breath being exhaled from our body through the vocal cords, no sound is going to be made. So the breath is what it is all about. And it's really important, as I touched upon earlier, that we think about the breath being nice and low. And I think I will do another episode on this in a bit more detail. But just briefly, if we breathe really high up into the chest, what happens is our body tenses before we even start to sing. Because if singing is controlled and sustained exhalation, we're not letting all the breath out in one go. We're trying to control how much of that breath comes out at any one time. As singers, we're controlling that exhale. So in order to do that, our body, some muscles in our body engage in order to keep the breath in and only let out what we want to at any given time. So the muscles that tense it and engage in order to keep the breath in, if we are breathing really high up into the chest, those muscles tend to be the, well, upper chest muscles, but the shoulders and the neck. And if we start to tense the shoulders and the neck, so as you're listening to me, raise your shoulders right up to your ears really, really, really tight. Tense your neck, just squeeze and then try and say your name. Hello, my name is Amy. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear from my sound and giving it a go yourself. That's not a good way to sing. It's really not a good way to sing. We want to feel really, really relaxed up here before we start to sing. We don't want any tension in the muscles around the throat, around the larynx, which is the house of the vocal cords. And I'll talk to you about those a bit more in a second. So we don't want to use those muscles in order to keep the breath in. The muscles we want to use are muscles that are going to help to support the sound, give us that nice rich tone that we want, give us that nice powerful sound that we want. And in order to engage those muscles, we need to imagine the breath coming much lower into the tummy. So I'll talk about, I won't, I won't go deep into the diaphragm in this episode, but I will do an episode about breathing where I'm going to talk to you more about the diaphragm, but I actually don't teach to sing from the diaphragm or breathe into the diaphragm. So check out that episode when it comes for more, for my take on that. Um, but I teach breathing into the tummy and actually imagining that the breath falls really, really low into your, your pelvis and that if you imagine your pelvis is a bowl and there's a balloon in there and as you inhale, it blows up the balloon in the pelvis, then as you exhale, the muscles that are going to engage in order to control that exhale as we sing are the abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor muscles. 
And a lot of people don't realise that your pelvic floor is really important for singing. Seems strange, I know, but when you come to learn about vocal technique, healthy and efficient vocal technique, your pelvic floor muscles can be really, really great for helping you to support your sound. So singing is controlled and sustained exhalation. The breath is really important. And then that breath comes up to stage two, the vocal cords. So let's have a brief look at the vocal cords. The vocal cords sit in what's called the larynx in your throat, okay, which is made up of cartilage and muscle ligaments. Um, And the vocal cords sit inside and they sit in a sort of V shape and they close together. So if you imagine the back, the open part of the V, that comes together when the sound, when when the breath comes up, that comes together in a vibratory pattern and then opens again into that V in order to create a sound wave. Okay, so the vocal cords actually resist the air coming up from the lungs. So they play a really important part in breathing for singing, the vocal cords, because they resist the air that comes up from the lungs. If you don't make any sound, what happens is the air just free flows out of your body. And that's what happens when you breathe day to day without making any sound. The air just free flows out. So in order for the sound to be made, the vocal cords come together and they resist the air. And they, as they vibrate, they let out little like puffs of air and that creates the sound wave. So there's a lot happening within the vocal cords, but this is where most people think when they are asked where singing comes from. They point to their throat. They know that the vocal cords is somewhere in the throat. They may or may not have heard of the, the term larynx or voice box, but or even vocal cords or vocal folds, but they know that the sound is produced in the throat. And so what happens is mentally they think about their throat every time they sing and that means that when they want to create a bigger sound or a higher sound they want to sing higher in pitch or they want to change the sound somehow what they do is they manipulate and change and move the muscles in the throat to try and get that sound and often that's not actually the place that we need to work on to change the sound and actually the vocal cords themselves there's no nerve endings there's no nerves in the vocal cords themselves so if you're singing efficiently with good technique you won't feel anything in the throat you'll feel it in other places you'll feel it in your abdomen in these muscles that need to work to support the sound you'll feel it as you move your vocal tract which I'll talk about in a minute you'll feel the resonance perhaps of the sound you'll actually feel that the the vibrations of those sound waves but you probably won't feel it in your throat in the vocal cords themselves. Usually when you feel something there in the throat, it means that there's some excess tension, some unnecessary tension of muscles in the throat, which can then cause fatigue, inflammation, um, muscle, muscle tension. It's not a good idea to tense, over-tense and overuse muscles in the throat. So it's a really good idea to think about 
the voice as being from these three sections and not just isolate your thinking to the voice being from the throat. Okay, so the vocal cords, I've talked about the larynx, the voice box, this is where the vocal cords or vocal folds are. The vocal cords, again, I might do another episode on this if you'll find it helpful, but they're made up of different muscles. And there's two main muscle types that are used to help us to create sound in chest voice and head voice. And they're called the thyroid and the cricothyroid muscles. So I can do another episode and talk a bit more about those. You don't need to worry too much when you're just looking at these three stages as an overview But just know that there's a thyroretinoid muscle, cricothyroid muscle, there's soft tissue in the vocal cords, there's ligament, there's suspensory muscles around the larynx. There's a lot of stuff going on in the throat. And so it's not as simple as just one muscle type coming together and then separating to create the sound. There's other things going on. And so what that means for us as singers, firstly, is that we shouldn't try and sing the same way with the same setup, the same coordination in different parts of our range because your voice doesn't work that way. (laughs) So it's a good idea to get to know your instrument and get to know what these muscle types are, how to use them so that you can sing with efficient technique all the way through your range. If that makes no sense to you whatsoever, please feel free to send me a message Um, What I can do is do some more teaching, some more podcasts, Um, come along to my Worship Singers Facebook group because there is some good stuff in there about this. And um, eventually, you know, this will make more sense to you. So that's the vocal cords. So we've got stage number one, the breath, where it starts. The breath comes up through the vocal cords. The vocal cords vibrate to resist the air and that creates the sound wave, the source of the sound. So that's stage number two. Let's go on to stage number three, the vocal tract. This is where the sound is coloured or shaped. It's where vowels are created. So have you ever thought, you probably haven't, about how you would sound if you didn't have a head? Now, I know that you'd have more issues than how you sound, but if your head wasn't there, the space, the vocal tract, the space in your throat and your mouth and it was just the breath coming up through the vocal cords and that was it, it would sound a bit like a duck. Like that sort of sound. Um, And there would be no vowels. So we wouldn't have speech, we wouldn't have language. Um, You would have a lot more problems, I know, than not having speech and language, but just stick with me, humour me and imagine it. but also that sound, that, that would always sound the same. There wouldn't be any colour to the sound. You wouldn't have a darkness or brightness in the sound. And again, if you don't understand what I'm talking about with darkness and brightness, this is to do with sound acoustics, and I can do some more teaching on this as well. But you will know what vowels are and thinking about our language. So we know that R sounds different to E. And I can do that on the same note. R... And we hear those different vowels. And the only thing that I changed then was the shape of the vocal tract. So this resonator tube, this vocal tract, is highly adaptable in order to boost different harmonics in the sound wave and colour the sound. So again, I won't talk about harmonics yet. This is just an overview, but this is about sound acoustics, how sound is made, 
how we shape and colour the sound in order to get different qualities from the sound to create speech, language, nuances in the sound, like that darkness, brightness that I was talking about. So this resonator tube is super important and because it's highly adaptable, it means that as singers we can learn a little bit, just a little bit about sound acoustics and we can change not only how it sounds but how it feels to sing. So there are some parts of your vocal range that are going to feel easier on different vowels. Higher notes, uh, head voice range, up here. It tends to be easier to sing those on more narrow vowels because the sound waves are pushed up into the head voice resonator, which is more of the nasal cavity. So again, I won't go too much into this, just a brief overview. Um, but an E, e is easier to sing in head voice, usually, than an R uh, or an R or more of those open vowels. And then the chest voice, which is our lower notes, where I'm speaking this range, uh, where I'm speaking from, that resonates mostly in the mouth. And so open vowels that lend themselves to the mouth, like ah, oh, ah, uh, are easier to sing in chest voice. Now, again, if that makes no sense to you, please don't worry. This is just a quick overview and there will be some more teaching on this stuff as I continue with the podcast and continue growing worship singers and doing more trainings for you. But I wanted to cover this just as an overview for episode number two, because a lot of what I teach when I teach vocal technique falls into one of these three categories. It's either breath, the vocal cords and what's happening there, or more often than not, usually it's the vocal tract. And what we can do with the vocal tract and the sound, the acoustics of the sound is we can actually change where we're placing the sound and that will have a direct impact on the vocal cords themselves and what muscles are being used. So the voice as an instrument it is so, so clever and so intricate. So, I mean, it's almost as if it was designed by an amazing creative designer, right? I Every time I teach this stuff, it makes me just even more in awe of our incredible God and how he created our bodies. And this instrument is so incredible. So, Overview, three stages of singing, three stages as an instrument, breath, sound, and the vocal tract. The power the, uh, the power behind the sound, the source of the sound, and then the shape of the sound. And just quickly before I finish this episode, I want to give you another instrument with these three stages so that you can really help that to that that concept to sink in and this is the guitar so the guitar we can see on the guitar we can see the strings yeah so the strings those are that in terms of your vocal instrument would be your vocal cords we can see the strings on the guitar we can also see the drum of the guitar all that space Okay, so you've got the hole behind the strings um, and then the the space, the body of the guitar. So that creates the space as in like the vocal tract where those sound waves resonate and ping out before they come out. If you put your hand underneath the strings where the hole is, you cover up the hole of the guitar and you pluck the strings, you get a sound, but it's not very resonant. It's not very rich. It's just much better when the sound waves resonate around the drum of the guitar. But 
that guitar, I've got a guitar now I'm looking at, it's sitting there and it's not making any sound. And that's because there's no power going to it. So if we have no breath that comes up through the vocal cords, then the vocal cords and the resonator tube are redundant, nothing happens, no sound is made. So the power on the guitar, the breath for the guitar is us, it's our hand, it's the movement of us and our hand that plucks, that, that strums the strings so that they can create sound waves that ping about the drum of the guitar, resonate and come out to our ears as listeners. So there you have it. The three stages or three components of singing as an instrument. Let me know if this helps you. I'd love it if you would reach out, uh, get in touch on Facebook. I'm Amy Marshall Vocal Coach, or you can find my free Facebook group for worship singers where I give lots of tips and teachings and a free training every month. And that's worship singers developing your voice no, developing singing as a skill to glorify God. Sorry, I'll get that right one of these episodes. Um, So come and find me on there. Uh, If you can write a review for this podcast, I'd appreciate it. And let me know if you would like anything else to be taught. Um, I'm always open for ideas. I love talking about this stuff. I love teaching you this stuff. Um, So yeah, get in touch and I will see you all soon. Happy singing and God bless you.